Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Tennis Director, Australia's favourite online tennis store with fast delivery and great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au and you can get a 10% discount store-wide. Just use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. That's FIRSTSERVE10. Welcome to Aussies Only. The first serves deeper look inside the game at home, talking to those inside and outside the tram lines. Hello and welcome to Aussies Only, your weekly podcast here at the First Serve, where we take the time to zone in on the Australian tennis landscape. All thanks to Latua Tennis. Head over to latuatennis.com to get your hands on the hottest tennis apparel in the game. They've just released a hoodie, mask, and t-shirt collection, so be sure to get your hands on their gear before it sells out. It's your host, Jed Zetzer here, and this week, we chat to 17-year-old Annalie Poulis. Annalie is one of Australia's brightest young talents in the women's game. I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Jake Eames, to introduce her. Eamesy, I'm sure you're looking forward to this one, interviewing a fellow Canberran. Yeah, super pumped for today's podcast. Bella Canberran, which always um, has a special spot for me. I know her family's actually moved up to Brisbane, um, but I'm sure she's still a Canberran at heart as well. Annalie Pulos, welcome. Hi, thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, as we mentioned, you were born and raised in Canberra, just like my co-host Eamsy. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in Canberra? Yeah, so... I lived there for about 14 years before I actually moved up here, but Canberra being like a lot smaller and there's less people, the opportunity, I guess, that we could receive was a little less. But other than that, training there with such great coaches such as Todd Larkham and Alan Jones was so beneficial for not only me, but every other player that you know had the opportunity to be part of the training and the squads. Yeah, it is, a, it is a unique place. And I know when I was there, I remember Jonesy in particular, he, he called me over and he said, uh, have, have a look at this girl. And you're training at the time on the synthetic grass before they've obviously put the new hard courts in. And I remember turning around and, and seeing, seeing you and you're about nine years of age, big take backs and just crunching the ball. And, and in Canberra, Jed, actually, a lot of the girls actually get to play with a lot of the guys because there's, there's not that many large groups of, of female players. So I was expecting you to get caught out from some of the heavier balls and uh, you, your timing was so good from such a young age. Do you feel like training with the guys younger helped you out? Oh, for sure. Like till this day, I still prefer training with guys because of that same reason. But I think it definitely helped like getting 
a much stronger and faster ball, obviously, just helped me adapt very well. And um, and then when it came to matches, it was very beneficial to me, I think. You first picked up a racket when you were three. Do you remember yeah. the first time you hit a ball? How did you first get into tennis? My mum and my older sister were primarily um, into tennis. And I guess as my mum started teaching my older sister i guess it was just an influence in me so i just wanted to be a part of it and so um you know my mom started training me and then we got a big family as well don't you annalee um yeah. what was that like how many how many members of your family played tennis and and what was it like i guess growing up in such an individual sport that actually demands a lot of time and a lot of training. How did that work in, in such a big family like yours? Yeah, um, so I'm one of seven kids and for my mum and dad to put a lot of focus onto me, it was, at times it was pretty tough because, you know, they did have to make a lot of sacrifices for me to, you know, get the opportunities that I did. Like I said, it was just more me and my older sister that kind of got um, into tennis seriously um, and my younger siblings also they kind of followed but it was more just for fun other than the siblings like my mum and dad also played I know that my mum played competitive tennis when she was younger but she never took it very seriously hence not taking it further on to professional but being a tennis player in such a big family was it was tough because in a way I, f- I felt like I had a lot of pressure to you know um, succeed in tennis to help the family out and that's still my primary goal like to this day like I'm doing it for my family and also myself but yeah like I said my parents had to make a lot of sacrifices and not only for me but then that would then fall on my siblings as well and but every decision that they've made has been worth it so I'm super grateful. Yeah I remember actually Seeing, seeing your parents come down, I remember especially particularly your dad coming down and, and watching from the sidelines with, with all your siblings sometimes when you're, yeah. you're training. You, you mentioned there, you know, Alan Jones and Todd Larkham. And I also said that from such a young age, you were an, an obvious natural talent. But what do you think, you know, you, you took away from working with coaches like Alan and, and Todd? I was invited to join the National Academy program when I was 10 and being primarily coached by Todd Larkham and and Alan and also Alex Hines, like that small group of people was very strong on me because each one of them had so much belief in me and I think that's one thing that I would take away is that, you know, if I were to work with a coach these days, or even, you know, form a team around me, I think that would be a very, I think that would be the main thing is that they truly and truly believe in me as a player. And I also reciprocate that by believing in them as a coach. And then that will further helping me along the journey. So Annalie, you competed in your first Australian Open in 2016. Now, this was just your second Korea Junior ITF tournament, which is mm-hmm. quite amazing. And it came a week after your first ever tournament and you had just turned 13. So 
it was very early. You clearly had the talent from a very young age. Mm. How was that experience playing at a Grand Slam so early on? And what do you feel that you learned most from it? Yeah, getting into event was super nerve-wracking because I was anxious about, you know, whether I was going to get in or not. And then when I did, it was just so surreal. And being able to compete in front of, you know, Australians and, like, in my home country meant so much to me and it was super special. And what I would take out of it was, like, having that opportunity is pretty rare and I think I would just not take it for granted. As I mentioned, you were barely 13 years old. You had turned, you had turned 13 that month. Was, yeah, that, yeah. was that daunting for you? Because, I mean, you'd have to be one of the youngest players to play in a Grand Slam junior draw. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because, like, when I was growing up playing competitions, that was always the circumstance. I was always playing in age groups above my actual age so then I was always competing against older and stronger players and so I think it was just it wasn't anything I guess new to me so I think I was just that just came back on my tennis when I was younger and I just had to like draw off that and and play my game. Yeah I I still uh, can't believe you're you're still only 17 years of age it feels like you've been around playing playing for so long which happens to a lot of you know really good juniors is they always speak about um feeling like they've actually been out there for for such a long time do do you feel like that at all for sure like you know like the commencement of my career I think started when I was so young in in Canberra and just looking back at it and everything that I've been through and all the opportunities I've had and all the places I've traveled just it's there's so much that I've done and yeah it does been on this journey for a long time but at the same time I I know that I still have a lot longer to go with um what's ahead of me but yeah I can only hope did you always want to be a pro player was there like a moment for you where it just clicked and you were like yeah this is what I want to do I think That would have happened when I was very young because I was so inspired by um, Serena Williams and Roger Federer. And I think just growing up, watching them, when I had the chance, just gave me a vision of what I wanted to do. And that was, you know, have a similar career to that. So I think that's that really had an impact on me. Yeah, and you, you are heading that direction. 2019 was a great year for you. You broke in the top 40 in the in the juniors and also got on the professional rankings as well. You made a handful of quarterfinals and semis at the junior level and played all four slams. Second round at Australian Open, third at French. What came together for you in 2019 and how was it to play a full calendar year of Grand Slams? All those opportunities that I had last year was brought together a lot by the work, the hard work that I was putting in the years before. And I think just finally I had my chance to, you know, compete in those massive events. And and I think, you know, once I was actually there and in those competitions and I was playing, like all I could do was just give my all. And, and yeah, last year I did get some of, 
my best results and the most memorable. And yeah, I think 2019 was definitely the one of the greatest years so far in my journey. But at the same time, it was also a tipping point in a way. And it was decidedly tough for me because I also demonstrated some of my worst behaviours only to realise it was just very unacceptable. But since then I've been doing a lot of I've been implemented I've implemented a lot of work to be kind and better understanding of others and myself and forgiveness from those who have hurt but yeah from those experiences I've um, realized who I really want to be as a person and a tennis player and that's really changed my vision on some things and my goals and I'm just trying to work towards them yeah, as you said, I mean, you're only 17, you're very young, and it's very hard to, I guess for you, be traveling the world at such a young age, and you're, I guess you're out of your comfort zone in a sense, and we see a lot of players who burst out onto the scene so young, and by the time they hit your age, they almost get a bit burnt out. I mean, for you, you got a taste of tour life last year, traveling the world, playing all the slams for most of the year. Did you enjoy it? And was it sort of a realisation for you that this is what you want to do and you actually enjoy travelling and playing tennis? Yeah, so last year being such a hectic schedule with travelling, like week after week, definitely took a toll on me mentally. And by the end of the tours, it, you know, it kind of made me question whether I actually wanted to play tennis because I, I wasn't enjoying it at those moments. That question stuck in my head for a while because like I, I was still entering tournaments and competing in them and still feeling the same way. And I guess the thing that actually made me realise that tennis is what I wanted to do was the whole COVID-19 situation. Like once that happened at the very start of the year, that just made me realise that, you know, travel and meeting new people and, like, competing around the world, I think I took it for granted. And, you know, I missed not being able to do that. So that simply happening was just, you know, eye-opening to me. And it it was just pain point for me knowing that this is what I really wanted to do. Yeah, it sounds like that, that break there really gave you a chance to probably slow down and reflect and rejuvenate yourself to get re-inspired to get back on the tour. One thing for you, what's great is that you're so young figuring these things out. Um, there's a lot of players who figure these problems out or issues that arise at a later time in their career and, and the time has kind of run out. So it's great, you know, you're, you're, you're figuring yourself out and how to manage yourself better on the tour at a young age. What do you think was some of the triggers that made you feel like you didn't enjoy it was was mainly scheduling like you just mentioned before there there are other things involved there as well it definitely wasn't all tennis related like the those things would be you know yes the scheduling with the tournaments week after week and not actually being able to have a little break and refresh Mm. but the off-court stuff you know everyone goes through stuff off court and I was going through a lot that also took a toll on me mentally and emotionally and that is also what kind of drained my energy and my I guess my passion for the sport but I think a lot of the 
the problems that I was having on court derived from the things that were happening off court. And I, mm. and like I said, the, the break finally gave me a chance to have time to heal and, you know, fill the tank back up. And now I feel that I'm in much clearer and happier headspace. And because I'm happy off court, it's going to then impact my tennis on court greatly. On the ITF website, it's got your favourite surface listed as clay. You made the third round of Roland Garros last year in the juniors, just 16 years old. You've had some fantastic results on the clay. Is clay still your favourite surface? And if so, what is it about the clay that you prefer to other surfaces? Clay is still my favourite. I think training in Canberra um, constantly on the clay just added to my love for the clay and why I love it so much is because it requires such different skill set not only physically but like tactically as well and um, I think the challenge of like trying to adapt to that and build your game on clay was really interesting to me and I guess as I started figuring it out more and more and I and my game became a lot stronger on that surface then yeah it just became my favorite. Well Ross did you feel at all that um, say for example being from Australia and and loving clay court actually I know for myself as well I, you know, I love playing on clay as a junior but going over to Europe and playing the Europeans on clay that they're, they're known for mm-hmm. did you did you find that like a big step up in terms of understanding how to play on tennis, like leaving, competing more within Europe? Yeah, very tra- challenging because, you know, they've grown up in clay their whole lives and, like, you know, Europeans are, like, that's one of their strongest surfaces and playing against that was super tough and but made me kind of think of more ways to get through those matches but overall, like, I think it was such a great experience playing those players because I think that's the only way I could have gotten better is by playing, you know, the greater players on my favourite surface and, yeah. So last year you started integrating some pro tour tournaments into your schedule and you made a quarterfinal in Perth. How did you find it playing at that level? And I guess you mentioned earlier in the show that you are sort of used to playing with people who are a bit older than you. Were you comfortable playing on the pro circuit? I wasn't 100% comfortable because in a way I felt like transitioning into the pro tour, like I still had a sense of kind of not belonging, you know, with those, those older players and I guess the subtle pressure that came with it but that is why I love competing against the stronger and older players because it just gives me a challenge and something to look forward to and you know during those matches I felt like I could just go out there and you know play my game and give it my all and if I came out on top then that was just you know a bonus but overall playing those players just made me stronger. And obviously, being 17, you've still got some time left in the juniors. Have you? Oh, obviously, it's difficult now, but did you think about whether you're going to commit to a full uh, pro circuit 
schedule or still try and balance between juniors and, and seniors? I made the decision of primarily focusing on just the core events. Mm-hmm. After my last ITF juniors event, which I think would have been US Open, because I felt like the results I was getting didn't really reflect on me as a per- like as a player and how good I can actually be. And I think it was just more in, important or more of a challenge to try to step up and play these the, the better players. Yeah, it's good. You've definitely got the game to do. And, and as you said, there, I, I definitely thought you had the potential to, to go, uh, you know, even deeper than, than what you did there in, in last year. You've got a huge game, great brawl striking ability. With, with the pros events, is, is money a factor as well? They're trying to, I guess, play more events where, you know, you, one, you get points, but two, you also get money to help you kind of fund what you're trying to do. Yeah, because last year I had only like really thought about it. Like I was traveling so much and I think everyone knows that tennis is a very expensive sport. Traveling but not making money from that as well was just another motivation for me to play these pro tours because not only can I improve my ranking but I can also earn from the sport that I love. I was at Wimbledon last year and I remember watching you in your first round of juniors and you lost the match, but I remember sitting there thinking, gee, like this girl can hit the ball really hard and she's got that X factor and just to switch up the speed of the rally. I feel like that's something that I noticed and your ball striking ability was, was far superior to your opponent do you feel maybe for you it's just about now grasping your talent and learning how to actually use your ball striking ability to your advantage? Do you feel that's the aim for you now? Yeah, for sure. Like so many coaches and people around me have repeated that, that exact same thing. And I think now having the belief in my game and knowing that you know I can actually strike the ball very well I think now that I just have to focus on all the little things that are surrounding that and I guess just apply it in training and work on it until it's you know the best that it can be and then eventually it will show in my matches as well. When I've watched as well Paul is there's always been that underlying belief at least from from what you see from outside the court is you know un, under pressure i've always seen you you go bigger and bigger is that something that you you do tactically when you when you're under pressure you go bigger or is there that belief that you, you can you know you're backing yourself to make it i don't even think it was any of them i think i was just i think it was just an easy way out i think it was just being not being disciplined with my decision making on court because a lot of the time when I did do that, it was just creating more and more errors because I was trying to go for a shot that wasn't on. Like I said, that's also part of what I'm working on to this moment is like discipline with my shots and decision making. And yeah, I feel that area of my game has improved. Yeah, was it a bit to do with like frustration as well at those times, maybe? sure like I still kind of do that like when I'm frustrated I just kind of take my anger out on the ball but then 
I wasn't really controlling my anger well because it would just go on for games after games after games. But now it's more of just a, oh, I guess a way of just letting out my anger and then moving on to the next point. Do you feel though that maybe that consum- that frustration can actually sometimes spur you on to gain um, gain momentum in a game? Like I remember watching you, I think it was at Rolling Garros last year where mm-hmm. one of the matches that you won, you actually had this little phase in the match where you were getting a little bit frustrated and you were belting balls, but they were landing in and then your opponent got frustrated because there was nothing they could do. And I feel like that for you is a major a major asset that you just have that ability to turn it on and sort of flip the game on its head a little bit like what Kyrgios does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that, that as much as it can sometimes disadvantage you, it can also be, you know, an advantage for you as well? Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of the times when I'm in that headspace and when I'm just hitting the ball so hard, um, I think I'm now kind of used to that and when I was going through those balls it was just like I've done it so many times to the point where it's just going in and my yeah <laughs> the position the position is just a lot better but not only that it was the mindset as well because when I go into that mindset it's more of a relaxed and like I don't really care if I win or lose this point so I'm not as tense or um, nervous about the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what have you been up to in the COVID break? Have you been able to train as much as you would have liked? You mentioned you're up in Brisbane. Obviously, the restrictions are not the same as they are down here in Melbourne. Do you feel with a lot of the Australian players, I know there's been quite a few that have camped up in Brisbane, have you had the opportunity to hit with them? Yeah, so when... Everything happened at the start of the year with COVID. I have been able to continue to train with a lifetime. With the coaches, Gary Stickler, they managed to, um, I think, talk to the government and allow us to keep training. But there were obviously a lot more restrictions with how we trained, I guess, it was only like two people to a court and we were only allowed to touch and use our own balls. And, but despite that, it was like, I'm super, like, it was just really great to have the opportunity to keep training because I know that so many players around Australia weren't and they didn't have that opportunity. Thankfully I've been able to keep training and um, there have been some tournaments on with the UTR that I've been competing in. So it's just been really good. Yeah, I've heard some, you know, some great things about the, the training environments up in Brisbane and in Queensland in general at the moment. And you've definitely got the, the weather on your side there compared to Canberra. Um, you know, coming back, very difficult, I guess, in terms of, of where you want to see yourself in the short term. No one knows really what's going to be happening. But have you got goals and what are those goals for when the tour returns? Uh, I guess as soon as we're allowed to travel again, I think that's all I want to do is just like travel and play as much as I can in, in the pro events and build my WTA ranking to get into the bigger events next uh, the year after that. And But right now I'm honestly just training and 
working on the little things in my game to help me prepare for the competition because I think everyone else around the world is doing the same thing and I only think that everyone's game is only going to get better because of the amount of training they're doing. So it's, I think, one when competition and everything kind of sets back to normal, it'll be just as tough playing them. Yeah, I think everyone's you know, really itching to get out there like you. And, and, yeah. and as you said, it's going to be, going to be tough because everyone's going to be super motivated. You mentioned earlier you know, about, you know, figuring a few things out last year and, and trying to, I guess, uh, manage your schedule better and dealing with things on and off the court. One thing I'm really interested in, I guess, and someone like yourself who's had success from such a young age and is still super young is what's your advice for, I guess, young girls trying to, you know, achieve what you're trying to achieve at the moment and, especially as well girls experiencing a lot of success at a young age have you got any i guess tips that you, you can hand off to, to anyone who's listening out there that might you know be in the same position as you or maybe have you know a friend or, or family member in, in the same position i would definitely say to them to surround themselves with positive people and also i guess surround themselves with people that will only benefit them and believe in their game and and I think if they love the sport to hold on to that love and I guess play with love. <laughs> no, Annalie, we're we're right behind you and as we said, I mean, it's crazy you're only seventeen because it feels like you've been around for ages and obviously something you do have over other players your age is that you burst onto the scene a bit younger and you have that experience under your belt. I mean obviously watching you the, the raw talent is evident and it's clear to see that you have that ability to go further and we wish you the best of luck in your journey and we're definitely going to keep track and we'll catch up with you soon but yeah best of luck for when the tour returns and we really appreciate you taking the time out to come and join us on the show my pleasure thank you so much <laughs> thanks very much Paulus. all the best thank you Annalie, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for sticking around for another edition of Aussies Only. Once again, be sure to head over to latuatennis.com before they sell out of their brand new hoodie, mask and t-shirt collection and much more tennis apparel. Eamsy, thank you for joining me. I look forward to next week's show and that is a wrap for this week's edition of Aussies Only. Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of Aussies Only, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7pm Eastern. Crunching the numbers and in the huddle, produced by Study and Play USA. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.